0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, Heritage Radio Network has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.
2: This episode is brought to you by 818 Tequila. Handcrafted, expert approved, with over 20 international blind tasting awards. 818 Tequila, imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York, 40% alcohol by volume, drink responsibly.
3: Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com.
1: Hi, it's Sam. A few months ago, I moderated a panel at the Raw Wine Fair in New York titled, Exploring the Natural Wines of Dalmatia. This region in coastal Croatia is producing some of the most interesting and delicious wines today. I spoke with two people at the forefront of these wines, Kresho Petrakovic from Vina Smora and Marko Kovac from Babic Winery and also the creative character. Give a listen to this special episode of The Grape Nation. You'll be compelled to try these wines. Alright, so welcome to Raw Wine Spring 22. Uh, Welcome to the speaker's corner. Um, Today we'll be exploring the natural wines of Dalmatia. It's an historic wine region in the south of Croatia on the Adriatic Sea in Eastern Europe. Wine has been produced there for thousands of years and have some of the oldest continually cultivated vineyards. It is also one of the four main wine regions of Croatia. So our guest today, to help me uh, guide you through all of this, is Krasio Petrekovic, Petrekovic. that's a mouthful, from Vinas Mora and Marko Kovac from representing Babich Winery. So we're going to explore the region by tasting and discussing these six wines. Um, So the best way to relate to everything is to taste the wines. All right. But before we get started, I think to set up a little context for everybody, um, I want each you guys to take a few minutes to give us a little background on who you are, where you're at, what you're doing. So this way, going forward, everyone knows, you know, what's going on. So, Krasio, we'll start with you. Okay. Is that on? I think so. Yes, Uh,
4: well, welcome everybody. Uh, I think I know a bunch of people here. You'll hear me say the same thing <laughs> again, but uh, these are new wines uh, for us, uh, for, for, for Vinas Mora, the, the actually the first vintage we released. Um, I've been, uh, you know, a lot of you know, but I've been working in New York for a long time selling wines and now import, importing wines as well with, uh, with ZRS wines and uh, about six years ago I made my first vintage in the, the north of in the continental part of Croatia with my dad it's a small winery and then in uh, 2020 I went away for the pandemic and uh, you know I was just about when I was having my best part of my life and could relax for a first time in I don't know how long I started a new winery um, which was a uh, quite a uh, historic moment um, for our region our region is uh, one of the in in Primozhtan vineyards, we have a, I I would call it, uh, you know, self-called Grand Cru area for Bobbage grapes, uh, growing out of this incredibly uh, dense limestone rocks, um, very mountainous terroir almost, and I didn't want it to fail as a cooperative that was there for 40 years buying grapes for a lot of these small growers, uh, was going out of business, and they've called me to uh, help, and I, you know, I thought helping would be just making you know buying little bits and then I realized that doesn't make any sense you can make a little bit of wine and it's just more work for you at the end you have to be able to you know have some sort of a mass to sell and and uh, we realized that we have to almost save the region and that was how the vino Mora was born he was born of an idea to really save the terroir and then the
1: second was really how to make really great wine um uh so uh, vino Mora is a bunch of guys that are not a bunch of ordinary guys. Just tell me who you're exactly. The right well, yeah, uh,
4: it's uh, so. Venus Mora is uh, is essentially uh, in myself and Nico. Uh, and uh, another uh, partner who is managing uh, some of uh, some of the work for us uh, and Nico is also Marco's partner at Caractere wine fair if you ever go to Central Europe to Vienna to those to the fair they do a tremendous fair in, in uh, and you know we have an we, we had a very interesting uh, point so when I started uh, Venus Mora I said we're gonna partner and call our friends who are importers you know so we have I want to start <laughs> selling tickets before the show you know so so everybody kind of like well, you know Nico really was was interested and and Marco helped us tremendously and few other people like invested a little bit of money but really there's only three partners in this winery I'm the winemaker uh, uh, you know I kind of like didn't plan this to, to happen to me because I was really trying to grow the other winery but I realized uh, at the moment when we started to do this I really have to uh, put uh, this uh, as a priority because it's very uh, it's a very unique project and I really wanted it to survive and we ended up making some, you know, some really interesting wines.
1: I think which we're going to taste. Yes. All right, Marco, just give us a little background on uh, what you're doing.
5: Uh, thank you, Sam. Uh, welcome. My my name is Marco Kovac. I'm I'm the founder of Character Wine Salon, which has now been going on for almost ten years. We're based out of Austria, Vienna. There's a certain purpose to that because we focus almost exclusively on the wines of Central and Eastern Europe, and a lot of wineries which of which we have 120 this year on a show that will take place on the 19th of may have actually grown with us so we started the show um 2011 and raw was an inspiration we wanted to do something regionally in croatia eventually switched to austria and vienna is the biggest metropolis like near close to us and uh, a beautiful place with beautiful beautiful flight connections so the whole world could come and the first salon we had had, I think, 10 or 20 producers out of Central and Eastern Europe, and now we're like six times that. So all of that those people grew with us, and we grew with them. They found importers all over the world, which um, actually helped to, um, well, bring back awareness of the fact that the region of Central and Eastern Europe is actually a historic wine-making region, which people were not really, you know aware of. Especially focusing on France and Italy, but countries like Austria, Czech, Slovak, Hungary, Croatia, and Slovenia, just historic wine nations. Um, I also, what I do, I promote wines and sell wines in uh, Southeast Asia. And that's about it for the okay. moment, I
1: think. And I'm actually here presenting the main Bibish Right, time which we're going to talk a little yes. about. Um, I think what we should do is everyone's been poured two wines. Um, I think Marco. Guide us through what's in front of us. Let's talk about um, the wine, the grape, a little about the winemaking, and then we'll get a chance to throw it over our tongues. I think it's good
5: to consider before that. I think it's good to consider a bit of like modern history on on Croatia.
1: Just to give a perspective. I thought you would do that while we were drinking. We can, we can, we can. So then help create a snapshot of Dalmatia for everyone. Talk about location, climate, soils, and maybe start with a little history of the region.
5: I think it's good to look back into the 19th century, like the mid 19th century, where basically you had phylloxera in France. Um, Croatia didn't have it until 50 years later on, um, which meant that basically Croatia was the wine making, a grape growing region for France at that point. People were exporting wines from Dalmatia, the region that we will taste today, exporting the, uh, the wines and the grapes to France and supplying the wines of France. Um, Croatia has, what is now Croatia, has a long history of wine growing, dating back before Christ, when you had uh, the Greeks making wine, and then you had um, the Romans making wine. And basically, Croatian vineyards were supplying the Roman court. So that's the, that's the brief history, which, you know, again, people are not aware of, but Croatia is very much a, um, the old wine growing world. The main Beach is actually located, uh, together with the more. actually, the two wineries are very close, uh, like half an hour between, apart from each other. And they're located in what is actually the heart of the wine growing region. What you have in uh, two glasses in front of you, um, on, the, on your left, or with the lighter color, you have a blend of five varietals, two of which are international, that's Chardonnay and Pinot Gris, and then you have three local varieties, Marashtina, and Debit. And it's no chance that you have a blend. Following the Second World War, the industry decided that they were going to plant international crepes. Up until the 1920s, the 1930s, the region was all about local crepes like Marashtina, like Pošip, like Debit, which you will taste in a few iterations today. Following the Second World War uh, and when the post-war industry became you know, more cooperatives, they decided that it was better for the region to plant international varietals. So this wine kind of represents uh, two connections in history, like more modern history where you have international varietals, but then also the origins of what are truly Croatian crepes. Um, The Winery, Bibich Winery, decided to keep both. They, of course, focus now on the local grapes as something which is unique to the region. But they decided to keep uh, international varietals, which you also taste in the the reds. Uh, The right one that you have on your hands is uh, wine called Jutina, which is a kind of a slang in Croatian, it means yellow. This is a 90-day skin contact. And a, um, vinification between stainless and then bits of oak. Again, skin contact and a long skin can- contact like this of three months is something which is a very traditional winemaking process in, in Dalmatia, which you all maybe you best know of from the region of Friuli and produces like Princic or Radicon. But that's been uh, the winemaking style of the whole, like the Adriatic. Uh, Adriatic coast and Mediterranean in general, where basically people did not really spend or have money to spend on chemicals. They just said, well, we might as well extract whatever is there from the skins and the crepes and just protect the wines with that. That's your second wine in the glass. All
1: right, so the the grapes are growing on what type of soils? Is it varied region by region? Talk about the climate a little. Mm You know when you pick I mean because you're in a Mediterranean you know area do you pick later earlier uh,
4: well yeah it's 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 very very different so we have two I mean really really different uh, wine regions here with uh, with Bibich and 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 uh, Venus Mora uh, Venus Mora uh, is a very coastal it's, it's the Venus Mora means uh, wines from the sea in Croatia which I really wanted to represent what we are surrounded with um, and it has a huge influence on the wines of, of course you have the influence of the sea in, in Bibic but Bibic is much more inland uh, they are uh, 300 meters above sea level uh, there is a lot more fertile soil here there is uh, also uh, quite a bit cooler weather here you I was in uh, leaving the domain in uh last uh, january and it was just absolutely like hailing and snowing and it's just insane and then we drew to vinas mora and it was warm you know so uh very very different uh this region was known for uh like i said like producing like a lot of bulk wines in the in the in the old yugoslavia it had it had a big tradition also with local varietals um some of the The varietals grown there are very different. Uh, Plavina, Lassine, Debit, Marashtina uh, are are four of them that are uh, growing, but uh, the focus mostly being on white varietals here. Debit, where BBG is, is is really the focus of the the domain in many different iterations, what you're actually tasting in this saccharine macerated wine. So, uh, what we see around here, and uh, it's uh, something that I always, you know, beat uh, this topic, that we have tremendous Density of the soil terroir here is, is, uh, is unique. We have, uh, uh, this push of tectonic plates from, from, from the Alps to Dinara Mountains and then the Adriatic Sea pushing in with, uh, and creating this extremely complex, uh, soils. Um, uh, in my case, uh, this, uh, basically, you, uh, our terroir looks like a mountain of rocks with almost zero, uh, organic matter uh and the wines are absolutely extreme to that point that uh, we have unesco protected vineyards and uh, this is something that is very rare in any any place um uh, so uh, that's for vina smora uh, obviously we produce many different terroirs and this is the, the subject that i wanted to do uh, i pr- wanted to produce single vineyard wines from these extreme locations and bibich has concept of uh, producing wines uh, uh, blends from also different locations but in a in a in a more of a blending style and etc. I don't know if that explains it but but the
1: soils at Beebich, uh-huh, the so, are, the sto- are they distinctly different? Yeah, you, yes you uh, talk so, about
4: a lot of stones
1: yes so exactly no so this
4: the stone uh, here you don't see it as I said earlier I don't know if I was cl- clear clear there is more or quite a bit more organic fertile soil there's more uh there's more red clay base. Uh, there is a lot more soil here. The vines here are trained. Uh, they're not bush vines for, for most case. Um, and, uh, it, it is limestone, uh, but crushed limestones. So much more what you see around in, uh, it's, it's in general areas of the Mediterranean. Uh, still very poor soil. You have a natural lower yielding aspect in the, in all of these wines. There's a, uh, it's also an ideal place to produce wines with uh, low intervention because there's a lot of wind. Uh, there is, uh, uh, as like I said, there's very little disease. The only problems we have for us is lack of water. You know, so we rely on the actual uh, snow coming from the Dinara Mountains, which are coming from, this, which are almost separating the continental and the. Uh, in the uh, coastal Croatia, what, what kind of, uh, uh, snowfall we have during the year. And then those waters will soak the, uh, the underwater canals. So we have no rainfall sometimes for eight months, which is absolutely extreme. So the, the vines are really relying for these underwater canals and they're, uh, they are, uh very much extracting the minerality, what's in the soil, etc., uh, which you definitely see in the wines. Um, at Bibich, there is a more generous rainfall. There is a little bit of a cooler climate. Uh, it's not as extreme, um, and, and like I said, more organic matter, more red cl- clay and uh, smaller uh, limestone
1: uh, uh, rock rocks, yeah. and you find in the coastal All right, so let's uh, let's taste through these wines. Um, we have at least four more wines to taste, so we can't stay static with our glasses half full. Um, quick question about these wines. The two wines, we're talking about six, seven different varietals? The two wines we're talking, yeah, five varietals in the first one. Uh, so go over the
5: varietals again. Marastina. Okay. Posip. And Debit on the whites. On the local Croatian ones, and then you have Chardonnay and Pinot Gris on the internationals. Um, and then the second one will be 100 percent debit. Um, a wine which basically is a kind of a you know remnant of the old times. This is the wine that people produce for themselves for like daily consumption. Like if you go to Georgia, every every house produces a wine just for themselves. <laughs> Very similar in Croatia. People would actually produce this this type of wine for themselves. They would never sell this. Like in the ex Yugoslavia, in the communist times, they would never sell this. This would be like a house wine. This is what you drank yourself. You didn't add any sulfur. You didn't add any chemicals. You wouldn't want to poison yourself. This is not what you sold. What you sold was an international varietal, which you sold to the cooperative. uh, And that's how you made, that's how you made a living. This was something which was drank on a daily basis for lunch or for dinner, and basically something you had in like the back of the cellar. So skin contact, again, something which um, is quite a, a, a um, quite a historic vinification technique in, in that part of the world. Um, and I think in this case, it kind of shows, like beautifully shows the, the characteristics of the debit craving, to be honest.
4: So yeah, just to mention, so debit is a uh, Iteration of like a Bombino grape, something that's similar in that in that world uh, uh, If you if you want to just relate it to something um, Marashtina is a iteration of Malvasia that is grown here It's very small thick skin grape with uh, lots of it's almost like the, I call it the Cabernet of the of the whites for us It's it's really it gives you this wonderful aromatics that you will find in some uh especially in like in, in the wine I have it really kind of like it's a key element in the wine for me um uh because of this Mediterranean aspect of the of the of the perfume that it produces uh, this aromatics uh so just to so have a little bit. and Porsche, I don't even know it's it's a strange strange grape with like low growing season that the alcohol uh producing and high aromatics as, as well um
1: So I have a question. So you guys are considered newer-age winemakers, but working in an old historic region. We've poured two wines already, and we're talking about five or seven varietals. Are you bringing back varietals that either were not planted or unpopular because you see the potential, you know, or it wasn't as commercial?
5: There was there was a moment in the in the salon that we did character um, a few years back, and Kresho, Nico, and I we spoke. And um, five years back, you wouldn't even you would find like two Croatian wineries at, at our event. Our event has kind of, kind of a strict criteria for um, for participation, and we said, well, we need to do something to uh, bring the whole country, you know, to its feet in terms of natural wines because most wines produced were basically conventional. Um, high intervention wines, so and we wanted to do something to um, actually encourage the whole, the whole, the whole country. There was a good deal of local grapes. Um, the whole trend of you lo- know growing local grapes uh, back then, five ten years ago, but then none of it was made in like natural style. So basically, didn't know what the grape was because if you if you add yeast, if you add this, if you add that, it kind of masks the whole thing. So we went around in Croatia specifically. Uh, Went around wineries, which we saw as as great potential and said, well, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? Why don't you try lower intervention? This was yeah, like a half a decade back Uh, And basically people understood that and also looking at the salon that we do also looking at raw They saw that there was a whole industry behind this. There was marketing and, and commercial potential and Today growing local grapes is something that that's 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 a given nobody grows Chardonnay or Cabernet anymore Um, and people are replanting uh, with new varietals like the ones you have in front of you so it's it's a kind of an ongoing work Um, but there's a very kind of firm I would say there's a very firm movement towards like replanting like local varietals, right Uh,
4: there there is but you know like the this is a sh- what's happening in croatia It's just it's a shame like we have just a bunch of tourists coming there drinking local wines uh produced for 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 them during the you know <laughs> tourist season so so i really i i dread that because it's it's such a great place we, like the wine potential is insane and the czechs and slovaks have kicked our ass years ago it's 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 so i was put in the situation in, I said, in what way well they in, have in, we, we were at a salon and uh in uh in Tabor in in Czech Republic they have 140 growers from Czechoslovakia you know we have five or six that we can present to you know to 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 this market so I truly helped from from finding people selling amazing wines even from like the side of the road of bottles I gave them a chance pick them make labels for them and bring them here and show them to to people uh, that that accepted them and uh, we now are growing a, a substantial business with, with, uh, with uh, promoting these wines and, and giving these people a chance to go back to the land and you know not to go and, and go back to these villages and there they see the future where nearly we have especially in my region we went from 200 hectares of one of the most iconic terroirs uh, to 20. You know, so, uh, people are now looking at it like this guy just got here and all of a sudden, like the wines are everywhere and, you know, and they're thinking like, oh, maybe I'm going to do it. And, you know, and, and they're calling me and saying, oh, this guy is going to compete with you. I, s- I open my doors for everybody. Right. I really want people to come in and like right. be my competition. And I want a force of these uh, wines around and I'm supporting it and importing it and uh, as well. And, uh, and, and, and um, I'm, I'm trying. Really, to do my best uh, with my wines as well. But is, it, that, is it, that happening? I mean, it, oh, maybe, definitely. as years go by? We, have, we, have, we now import, I don't know, five, six wineries. I, make, I help make wines in 2-3. I consult on other people. Right. We, we have wineries that make organic wines, but they don't, know, they don't have a market of how to sell those orga- you know, their organic uh, grapes and produce them in a way that would be acceptable uh, as a natural wine. They don't, they, they, I tell them, well, listen, you're doing everything right. Just put ten milligrams of sulfur instead of hundred. You know, it will be the same thing. Uh, the, the 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 wine is that just
1: because they don't know better? Because they have an enologist that yeah. told them
4: so. They, oh, because okay. because you know my wines when Bad I take advice. them when I add them to when I go and, uh, to a national board they say to me it's cloudy then you know I just go to the supermarket buy a cheap wine and, and, and uh, pass the test so you know they're afraid they don't know we have a, we have no export market and we we actually created an export market. You know, and in the t- time of like coronavirus, where everybody where nobody in- came in the numbers like they used to in Croatia, it was a problem. And I told them for years, we have to be able to sell wines outside of this country. You cannot only have one one market and you you, you can have a you can have an earthquake, you can have a or another virus or something. We will lose against everybody, you know, and, and making inexpensive supermarket wines from terroir like us, it's a shame. You cannot do that. You know, we have Chile. We have Argentine uh, producers selling wines for two, three euros at at, at supermarkets. They will destroy uh, uh, our, our 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 business if, if we don't change and produce only really high quality wines, at least from the terroirs that are unique. You know, there's, so, there's an incredible
5: it's, there's an incredible thing. If you drive down coastal Croatia, if you just get a car and you drive down the coast, is you pass this road which is like the main road. It's not a highway. It's like a fast road which goes just just by the sea, by the ocean, and you have people by the roads selling wine in like plastic containers of like a <laughs> litre of five litres. That doesn't happen anywhere in the world. I've travelled like almost all wine-growing regions. It doesn't happen like ever. And this is what we wanted to tap into. These people making like really high-quality wines, barely making a living selling to tourists who are not ready to pay more than $5, which is what you would pay for a high-quality wine in Croatia from grapes from historic vineyards like Vina Smora like these guys. We were just—this was just sad—and we were like, yeah. "Okay, you know, you do, you, you're based in New York, I'm based out of Europe. We, we we have to do something." We actually went to this grower by the road, that grower by the road, said, "Where do you buy grapes? You want to sell us grapes? Where do you buy grapes? Do you want to sell us grapes?" And this is how these wines actually came to be. So basically you're looking at like a parallel economy to X number of families in Croatia that these wines are supporting right now.
1: All right, so let's finish up these two wines. Can we get started and pour. um, pour the next two wines while we're segueing and they're pouring, any questions on the wines? Is there any tasting questions or informational questions? All right, so Tell me the next two wines that we're going to be pouring out. So either drink them or dump them in your discard cup.
5: Okay. We go now, Yeah. So uh,
4: I'll talk about the I'll, I'll talk about the third wine here. Uh, it's, it's the wine I actually. So me and Alan Bibic are are very good friends. He he has a tremendous estate. Uh, he's he's a grower uh, that really changed a lot in the modern Croatian winemaking and has uh, really changed his ways of thinking about wine. He was basically making uh, this uh, big uh, modern era wines before and uh, you know, score points wines kind of type of deal. Uh, And he he realized that was too much stress and he realized he didn't want to be a part of that world. And about six years ago, I came into the cellar and saw a drastic, drastic change in the wines. Um, And uh, he also, has lost his market in Croatia because he doesn't make this primary fruit only uh, you know cold fermentation uh, uh, wines anymore also yeasted he's stepped away and he lost his market and he asked me like you know what, what should I do and I said let's go around the cellar let's see what you have and maybe we can work on something so a lot of these wines are coming at incredible value because they really are he, he priced them uh, differently in, in for his market there, and I pushed him. I said, we should really sell these wines and start with a new new story. Uh, Opal is a wine that uh, I literally, uh, he uh, is a specific character, sometimes hard to deal with. And I went to the cellar eight times to come up with an order because we have this, all these amazing wines sitting there. And I said, I don't know, like, where are the wines? I need to see the bottles that we finalized. And at some point, uh, I just took the pipette. And I went around the cellar and I blended this wine. Uh, and it's a blend of white and red. It's something that I do in my, in my winery. I said, I'll do something what I have, uh, what I have, uh, at, at my, at my estate just for fun and we'll see how it goes. It ended up being great and we bottled it. And, uh, it's basically the, the kind of like the base of you see when, uh, in Alante, uh, which are the Debit Marastina. There's a little bit of, uh, uh, Muscat, of the Alexandria here. And there is, a uh, uh, Plavina. Uh, uh, which is a local varietal here, so just a nice little, uh, uh, nice little kind of like co, not co-ferment, but co-blend. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Is this
1: is this the first vintage so, of the Opal that you've made? You've this it? is the first. This is the first vintage we've done, and uh, and you will continue to make it. I gather uh, uh, yeah, the blend uh, yeah, would yeah, vary. Yeah, yes. Yes. Year. Yes. 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 Exactly. But it's it's a, it's a style of wine that has been always present in this area. Uh, All right. So what's Let's get a second wine in everyone's glasses. What's the next wine we should have the, in front of everyone? The
5: second one is a variety called Plavina, another local grape. And up to like five years back, it was just a grape that was like not on anyone's radar, used basically for plants and just for quantity, to be honest. Um, another grape that was um, like a tier two, a tier three grape even in, 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 in ex-Yugoslavia Basically, you wanted to produce and mass and sell to the cooperative, uh, and then what you wanted to do was get uh, the grapes like as um, late harvested as possible. The content of alcohol would drive the price you would get, and um, the grape almost got forgotten. People used to like replant. Such a shame! A beautifully like fen skinned uh, grape, beautifully light blue ah uh, plavina means like means blue in croatian slang so hence the the color of the uh, of the skins thank god um, today is having a bit of a comeback um, the way that domain bibich does it is very different from anyone else it's not burdened by oak it's not burdened by being l- too late harvested and again you're getting like i think a beautifully textural uh lightly structured wine. Some people kind of compare it to a bit more sudden pinot noir. I think it has a unique character, a uh, character of its own. Uh, just a beautifully light and textural wine.
1: It, which grape is the grape that genetically ties to Zinfandel?
5: That's a that's a different grape called Plavat's Mali. Okay. Plavaz that's Plavaz. a different one. Yeah.
1: My bad. Just want mm-hmm. to make sure. Um all right, so that's the Flavina, and we discussed the Opal. Um, does everyone have it in front of them? We're all poured out.
5: Again, quite a unique, I'm just tasting it now, quite a unique um, expression of the crepe. You wouldn't really find Kresha. I, I don't think you find such a beautiful expression of this crepe in any other wine in Croatia. Oh, a, they, have, they,
4: they really have it's the for it. It's, it's yeah. a place that uh, this, is, this is the really the, the story of the of, of, of this area and Alan has a tremendous vineyards uh, definitely of, of these varietals yeah.
2: this episode is brought to you by 818 tequila 818 creates their tequila using traditional methods at a family-owned and operated distillery in Jalisco, Mexico. 818 is created from fully matured blue agave from the Los Altos and Valles regions of tequila. It is then slow-cooked for over 30 hours, extracted using traditional Tejona wheels, distilled twice in copper pot stills, and aged in American and French oak barrels. This process creates the best-tasting, highest-quality tequila possible. Their tequilas have received over 20 blind-tasting awards. They strive for excellence in every sip. 818's Blanco is sweet and smooth, with undertones of tropical and citrus fruits. Their reposado is soft and balanced with notes of caramel and vanilla. Their anguejo is elegant and velvety, with crisp herbal notes and a warm vanilla finish. Visit drink 818com to learn more about their tequila and find it near you. 818 Tequila, imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York, 40% alcohol by volume. Drink responsibly.
1: So let, let's talk about vineyards. Um, let's talk about the vineyards, farming practices. You know, we talked about it a little, but we discussed the fact that the region is steeped deeply in history, you know, back to before Christ, Romans, and all that. Um, so there's been a lot of vineyards <laughs> that have been around a long time. Talk to me first about the farming practices. Um, you had alluded to the fact very low intervention. But you're talking about older vineyards. I want you to talk a little about, and this is a general question, so you could specify, um, vine age, you know, these most of these wines are not from young vines, which is a beautiful thing. Um, and farming practices, you know, it, does climate dictate that you don't have to do much, you know, as far as, you know, herbicides, yeah. but none of that, right? Yes. Uh, like I said, the, the climate dictates
4: uh, the, the farming, uh, we have, you know, every growing region has its own issues. If in my vineyards in the in the north, we have, you cannot escape the, the, the vines, you know, because climatic changes, the uh, the peronospora, uh, humidity are all uh, things that we don't really see here. Uh, we really see different things. We see uh, too much sunshine. To uh, sometimes we see. You know we have lack of water. And we see uh, all, all these things that are uh, that are issues of today's climate change. Um, luckily, we have this this terroir still has an incredible diversity because we are in a proximity to the two mountain ranges that roll down some cold air and really uh, make make a big difference in the acidity. You see these wines all have very bright li- live acidity. So this is something that. Uh, that is a, uh, in fact, a uh, you know a savior for for everybody that makes wine. Um, the farming it's it's very it's very minimal. Uh, it's uh, it, I would say you know uh, the, the minimum spraying here. Maybe Alan, I know he sprays maybe twice a year with uh, with a uh, maximum copper sulphur or, or that that is it. Uh, there's really not much need. Sometimes uh, not even one time, depending on the vintage. Um, and for us, it's really an issue you know, spraying in spraying on, on the grapes with uh, with a lots of in a, lot, in a very warm place. In a, it, it the sulfur component definitely dehydrates a lot of this, uh, a, a lot of the grapes, and it doesn't really perform well. It's also like when you can not spray we can, when you can spray the almost nothing or nothing. It's ideal for us because it really uh, dries down the soil even more. Yeah, you know, so uh, that's in my experience what I see. I see people that are spraying; they're really their their soils are very very dry. You know, and, uh, and in in a place like this, this is a huge issue. So uh, we're trying to work with at least of, uh, you know some sort of a, uh, more alive soil as as much possible. Um I don't know if that explains
1: No it does. What about picking the grapes? Everything is hand farmed? Is it hand yeah. farmed because uh, that's yes. the best way to do it or you can't and don't want to put there, machinery in
4: there? there is everything is uh, farmed by uh, everything is farmed by hand. Uh, I mean picked by by hand. This, this vineyards I will show you I will take I'll pass my phone around you will see this vineyards here. This is extreme you cannot. It's really hard to walk here, let alone farm anything. You know, so you can't. It's it's just like you're gonna slip and fall, cut yourself. There's like snakes. it's 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 snakes. snakes. You know, it's there's it's it's this place is insane. You would have to take you would take one generation to plant these vines here. It would some of the vineyards. It would take five six hours on the donkeys to get to the to the place. And then if you caught bad weather, you would have to sleep in this you know man-made like bungalows by out of stones. And, you know, uh, you're lucky you'll be alive the next day. A lot of people had, like, you know, had God knows what kind of uh, issues to, uh, to survive the night. From thunders to, to everything. I mean, it was, it was really brutal. We're talking about an extremely poor place here. We, especially my terroir. This, until 1963, we had no electricity. You know, like, my stepdad grew up with, 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 with no electricity and water at some points when he was there. It was uh, people only, you were, you could, the only uh, source of uh, food was fish. That's it. You know, so if you go to the people there, we all find it charming that all these amazing seafood restaurants, but nobody wants to eat fish there. You know, like we all eat meat. You know, we all eat like lamb on the spit. If you have somebody's birthday, that's it. You, know, you call somebody for a beautiful, large bronzino, no one's coming. You know, so, uh, uh, tourists. Tourists are coming. That's right. it. <laughs> but everybody that grew up there grew up very, very poor. And the only way of how to... The survival was growing grapes and uh, selling these grapes to uh to actually other markets in barrels um uh and uh it was it, it was a very important uh, growing region but uh the prices were never there to support the effort of what what had to be done uh, in order for this to survive so that's why we went from uh 200 hectares to 20 hectares as soon as the tourism has uh, started as soon as we connected the roads as soon as the electricity came it was over and everybody started planting olive, olive trees instead of vines because it's much easier to go to the olives than to, to the wines. So, uh, and also the lack of no, knowledge how to produce good wines, the lack of cellar techniques, the lack of to
1: I want to talk about that. You know, we, we talked a little about farming. We also talked about vine age. Um, has there been plantings in the last you know, three, five, 10, 15 years just to get some of the varietals that you want in there? Or you're basically bringing back errant vineyards and you know, upgrades. With, not
5: with Bibich actually, uh, because he had quite a few different plantations. The first one, well, the actually the second one you have, this was like a, this is a 50 year old vineyard. And then the rest ranges from like 25 to 35 years. So you really see like a very mature, uh, possibly the best age, uh, the best age vineyard. Um, and as Kresha said, I mean, uh, growing grapes was uh, a means to survival. Uh, it was a means to feed the family these people like looking at 30 40 years back they were by no means like wine growers with like a world perspective they didn't have like phones and stuff they they grew grapes because it was just one of the farming things they did so they were even not specifically wine growers they had animals they grew vegetables so this is what we're looking at i mean also, the, the, in, in most cases, well, in a lot of cases, especially with Cresha's wines, which will taste later, so I didn't want to get in much into that, they built like small clothes, uh, which today, you know, it's very famed in France. But in, in, where Krescher farms, claws were actually a way just to protect, just a natural way to protect grapes. And people were self-taught, or life taught them, or nature taught them what to do. And this is what they did. Like literally they had no contact with, if there was a vineyard in land, they had no contact with uh, like the major city. So they needed to get on a well donkey or cart or something or whatever. Um, So yeah, I mean, a lot of these vineyards just, they have like a few decades on them. uh, And I think it shows in the wines, definitely.
1: Um, Let's talk about winemaking and cellar practices. Um, it would seem obvious to me that if you're low intervention in the fields, that you're going to carry that um, into the cellar. So talk to me about winemaking cellar practices, but let's talk about you know vessels that you're fermenting in, aging in. Um, you know, this would point towards indigenous yeasts. Um, I mean, there's a there's like a pre Second
5: World War thing, and then a, a post Second World War situation where. Um, a lot of grapes, local grapes were pulled out following Second World War and then internationals were planted. This kind of kind of syncs with what happened in the world in a way where you had the uh, the rise of the, the chemical industry and the rise of the enologist and whatever. Um, so basically you had a change of practices towards a more modern winemaking um, uh, in the, the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. Um, yeah. In gen- yeah. Yeah, well, we, we're about to change that, so... <laughs> so,
4: so, yeah, we... Don't, Why? Uh, you know, it's, it's just like, obviously, wine is... We, we, uh, we promote organic farming and all of these things because it's better. Right. You make better wine from it, and with native yeast, you make better wine Whether It's selected right. yeast. That's period. We don't, I, you know, if, we, if it was the other way, uh, we probably wouldn't be sitting here. You know, we wouldn't have this festival. So, uh, you know, for us is a, uh, obviously, I don't want to talk about like minimum intervention, intervention, I want to talk about really what we need to do to make good wine. Uh,
1: well, and, let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, these are highly macerated grapes, most of them, lisa please, right? please. I want to ask,
5: can I reframe the question a little bit? Yeah. So, I
2: think what you're really trying to do is, is use your grape, if I'm, if I'm mistaken, correct me, but I think you're looking for your grape to express your terroir. Yes, correct. Okay.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So, and that would mean that, in some ways, perhaps I don't know, different grape varieties would then dictate different cellar practices. Okay. Correct. So,
5: if I could dig a little deeper to say, what are you doing with different varieties mm-hmm. in the You, I, I can go back. and go back and figure blood. But how how are you doing? How are you trying to do
1: Encourage that terroir expression. Okay. So, length yes. of maceration. Yes. I mean, all, all um,
4: uh, Well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you in my case, okay? Because uh, I come from this very unique vineyards, and I think it's our, our grape, which is called Babbage, it is the main focus of what we do. We do single vineyard expressions. I basically uh, wanted to make uh, an expression of this grape, just like you do in Burgundy, just like you do everywhere else, to really show terroir and to almost just to minimize any kind of uh, techniques on it. Uh, uh, it's overly, the, the wine in today's climate, I believe they're overly macerated, overly worked, and they really, when I think of red wine, I think I think of red wine as I think of white wine. Uh, a lot of, And for, for me, the problem with, let's say, a lot of orange wines, they are too macerated, you start losing terroir. It's the same thing with red, you know? So I think of, every vintage is different, But I really dialed back the macerations on Babbage grape, which is a almost kind of much more like Pinot Noir than a Zinfandel. High acidity, beautiful aromatics uh, that all was lost in most cases. So I knew that, you know, with just being going around the cellar for the last 20 years, I knew that 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 needed to be done. And it really hit the spot. It really started to sing. The, The wine expressed itself. You started, everybody talks to me comes to me and says, oh, the terroir, the rocks, and all these things, it really less is more with what I try to do. I'm not trying to make light wines because it's a strength. I'm trying to make wines that really need to be done in order to express the grape, and most importantly, this terroir that is very unique. We need to be able to express the salinity in the wines, and uh, that is the primary focus. You will see the vineyards after, but I have a, a wine that is also a different uh uh, subject that comes from flatlands, and here I do a co-fermentation with white and red. So it is a continuous fermentation between one and four days, because I really wanted to also have something that is light on its feet. And uh, I believe the whites here are more powerful than the, than the reds, and they're they they. Uh, 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 the, the, this kind of a mix of macerations really gives it a diversity in the wine. It really it's an evolving process, and I it's it's also an experiment. Uh, but it it really proves to be working. You know, uh, sometimes you are we uh, are you are held up because of issues in the cellars. You have to fight your way. But there's always an idea. What we tried to really express this year was these single vineyards, vinifying everything in the same way. There's ever, the same élevage for each wine, and it was a tremendous difference what we got. So we had a tradition of this uh, area of the, where people knew that some grapes were coming from this part and they would be more expensive than the others. They all knew that they never had, to, they, they never had names for it You know, these places. So I was, I when I when I started to do this, I said I'm going to make my own terroir. I'm just going to, you know, we don't have an AOC. You know what? I'll make it. <laughs> and I'll call this that, I'll call this that, and I'll call this that. And we'll make wines from only these parcels. And, we sold, and we'll sell them around the world and see what what it says. We were sold out in four months.
1: Gone. 40, All right, so let's... We, wait, let me just set this up. We have less than 15 minutes no, left. Okay. So finish up the wines you have in front of you. Let's get the last couple of wines poured out. And we'll get into that um, a little more. I have a question for every... What happened? I have a question... Um, is this the first time some of you have tasted these wines? Yeah. So, a few of you have had these before. Okay. All right. Um, so, Kratio, the next wines are the Venus Mora, right? Yeah. We actually have one more red. Oh, okay.
4: Here. Well, let, let's just quickly pour it. It's a Syrah. We, I think we've yeah. time. It's a young All right. Syrah from younger. So, let's
1: pour the Syrah. Uh, and let's do, discuss do that. Syrah and do this. Let's no. discuss that, and then towards the end, we'll empty out one glass and we'll uh, talk about the uh, last wine. So, Syrah. Uh, I mean, wa- not one of the typical grapes that we've been talking about. Yeah, but not, set it up for this.
5: Not one of the typical grapes, but I mean, I don't, I don't want to uh, take too much time on this. Uh, it's one of those grapes that was yeah you know, planted after the Second World War. Uh, actually, what an amazing idea! It grows beautifully. And the uh, coast in coastal Croatia, um, which basically is just pure Mediterranean, high temperatures, a lot of garig. I kind of, a, you know, I don't know, I, I had a French uh, lady coming to the table today saying she was she never tasted a Syrah like this. Uh, we have another one if you want to come That's and taste at the that table. That was <laughs> <laughs> that was you, but I wanted to refer to a French lady as like she lives in like the side of Rome. It's like I never had a, a Syrah like this which it's actually actually quite true. So one of those grapes, international grapes that uh, got you know, planted post-Second World War and Bibic decided to keep it, it just gives beautiful results. I wanted to refer also back to the, uh, to the winemaking technique question. I mean, um, don't be fooled. Most wines in Croatia are not produced in this way. They're very uh, yeast-driven, wood-driven, uh, awards-driven, decanter, awards-driven, Uh, wines, which then is something which is used in marketing purposes to sell them, people don't really still understand the marketing point and the sustainability of just growing beautiful grapes in what is an amazing and beautiful terroir that doesn't need to be burdened by all the winemaking practices. There's just no need for that. Sadly, the of consultant industry is quite strong in Croatia, even uh, in international presence. Uh, But, you know, People like Kresha, we're working on on, on changing that. There's no need that there are so beautiful that you can literally do very little and express uh, what is grown beautifully there.
1: So Syrah, not really one of the indigenous grapes of the region, right? We just have it here. So this particular Syrah vines were planted when? Uh, This is
5: a 35-year-old Okay, so they have some
1: good vine age.
5: Yes, there are some solid wine age, uh, and honestly, I think they will. This will be a good continuation into into gracious grapes and into gracious wines. I think it's going to be a good, uh, it, good scene.
1: In thinking about making the wine, is there any nod towards the Rhone or to any other region, or you just think about what you want to make? No, it's
5: it's literally thinking what we want to make, what will where you will you know how you, you, you will express the grapes in, in the best way. There's no, there's not, No, well, of course we drink Rhone, of course we kind of take example of that. But then again, it's just using the, the, the stuff that you have in the vineyard and just do the least amount of work to be able to express that are
1: Right. Um, and, show the other wine that we're pouring? Uh, uh,
5: yeah. Also, um,
4: just for the the Cerno wines uh be curious to know what you think this wine costs um you know that's an interesting subject with this wine it's um, it's a pretty good wine i think so uh, i'm
1: gonna guess that it's more on the inexpensive side than expensive because you wouldn't ask no yeah, yeah it, it is it is inexpensive <laughs> but it's so what it, you're setting up is this is an incredible it's, value it's, it's for a good the it's, quality. A definitely, it's, it's a definitely
4: good value it's, right. it's a wine that costs like 14 bucks at a store so
1: you know 14 15 dollars
4: um um anyways uh to to kind of like almost we have like last 5 6 minutes I think uh to finish up on the on on my wines here. Well, uh, we have
1: time. Go ahead.
4: Um Barba uh is the first wine I needed to create uh basically so producing wine from this very single you know single vineyard minded concept uh, I also needed the wheels for this concept to survive and uh uh I decided that uh, I, you know, I basically uh, sourced some grapes from some of my friends from the lower slopes for more of a green terroir, from more of a you know more of a fertile soil. Uh, it 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 kind of like you know what I uh, I wanted to also have a, a different concept that it, 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 that is in only in the Babbage where it's also it's only the, the this these territories. So to me. Uh, also, the label, often people ask, it's, it is this man on the label, is there for a reason? Because I think that uh, in all of our stories about wine, we have this terroir concept, very serious stories, it's always, always, always uh, uh, very deep, and with all the concept of a man, of humanity, it, it, all of this would be impossible, and uh, uh, this, this is an homage to somebody that has survived making wine in this incredible place for the last 70 years, and holds some of the... Uh, all these vineyards and he's still making this great wine every year I buy, <laughs> even though I make a lot of wine, I still buy all of his production just to keep it at the house because it's it's really is a, is a testimony to uh to survival um, and uh, he deserves to be on the bottle because of that but it really is a one of these dimensions of of the terroir is also human and it's very important to uh, to 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 us uh, take that aspect um, this is okay, well, no no finish uh, this is uh, so it's a co ferment. Uh, of uh, Plavina, which you had. Another grape called Lassin, which is a varietal that is absolutely beautiful. It's always, it's very much kind of like a deeper Pinot Noir, darker Pinot Noir kind of character. And then Debit and marastina which you heard before. Uh, they're fermented in plastic vasque. Everything is done manually in
1: my winery. Everything is done by hand. Why fermented in plastic?
4: In... in uh, It's just very simple and clean, and you know. I mean, I would love to have wooden fermenters if I could, but uh, expensive. My first vintage, I spent all my money I had, and I didn't know if I'm going to be able to sell. You know this? Thank God, people bought it. That's why. You know, but but it's 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 it actually. You know, it's not true. Polyethylene works. uh, Our tanks work very very well for these wines. It's the best for what we also bought stainless steel, much more expensive. I'm going to get rid of it. Because for red wine, that what I do is red wine, and I, with primary fruit, with I want this fruit to express, with and with the fermentations in the polyethylene, there's much more aerobic. The wines are working the whole time. With stainless steel, you have a very st- stuck uh, environment. The the there's no we, the leaves are not as active. uh, everything goes to the bottom you have to work it a lot more and in those in those uh, polyethylenes wines are moving we see a lot more uh, diversity in the wines uh, especially with those uh, smaller tanks about to like let's say 5,000 liters you know so uh uh, I'm not a fan of stainless steel. It's very good uh, for uh, blending. It's very good for a lot of, the, like, you know, uh, simple white wines and, and, and also. Th- but I really want my wines to be active during the fermentation. And I really don't want reduction, which stainless steel is very prone to give you. So it's something that I will definitely keep. And uh, this is only aged in polyethylene tanks. The next wine you will try is
1: aged in also in 30% old wood. So Wait, did we pour the? No, okay, is- so we have, have one wine left. So make room for this wine, please. So set up this wine for us. This is. This is
4: so. This is so. Please come to my table. Uh, I couldn't bring all wines. Uh, You can you can try other single vineyards as well. (laughs) I very little this wine. Marco had to bring it in the back because the customs and the I mean the the. Uh, you know the travel of the wine these days with all these uh, disasters are very very slow uh, so I was expecting my wines to be here but they didn't arrive they were supposed to come so to
1: kudos to you this is a treat because I said you don't have to pour this if you don't have a <laughs> lot but thank you to you my for pleasure. bringing in and my giving pleasure. us an opportunity to taste it so let's talk about uh, it uh, who's gonna pour can you guys help us pour this out thanks um, I think, I I think oh, if you okay. can empty out. If anybody can no, 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 empty no, 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 the glass, double yeah, double. yeah,
4: it's good. Let's let's save the planet with washing everything all, yeah. all the time. It's good. Um, it's okay. Uh, yeah, you want to pour, Chase? Oh, yeah, just just pour very small. Yeah, that's all we have. So that's all we have. So uh, I'll also pass the phone uh, around uh, that you can see. Uh, Marco, you want to maybe? Yeah. yeah. So I'll show you the pictures of. It really explains a lot. It's really difficult to to say this. Uh, in, in many words, you will see these vineyards uh, that are. You will see these vineyards that I spoke about here. Uh, so basically, this is the common line. Common means stone in Croatian. Uh, it is a wine uh, that that comes. This is a, basically a, a single terroir wine. It comes from the higher altitude, about 200 meters above sea level. Surrounded uh, uh, by, by sea, uh, it is uh, coming from uh, average age of vines about 80 uh, and uh, uh, it is more of a f- west-facing uh, vineyards. Here there's about four to five Celsius degrees difference what you see on the bottom of, the, of the, uh, where my winery is located. So uh, wines here are a little bit deeper. Uh, they are very mineral driven. Uh, they are very low yielding. Uh, it's it's to me this is liquid stone. It's my definition of what, what this is. It's it's a extremely poor soil, um, and uh, the expression here, like I said, in all the wines are the same of of élevage. That I, I really want them to just be different of the of uh, and show themselves. Uh, I really don't change anything. Uh, there is 30% of old wood that goes into uh, uh, for only only three months, I only keep it for a little part of my micro-oxidation, it brings a dimension, uh, and uh, the rest is polyethylene tank macerations are about four days uh, the sulfur uh, is added just a little bit at the beginning I really don't want any breath in my wines so, uh, and a very very low amount, it's a uh, uh, we cleared up I went to the to the to the the institute and they looked at me. They never seen something like this. So it's like the, the it's it showed a zero. They said I, if the lady drank the wine when I brought it from the from those capsules, and you, they usually get poison. She said I must try this.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> she drank my samples. It was crazy. Um, so uh, and then a little bit of sulfur just uh, before the bottling, basically at bottling. So we are looking at maybe like 15 milligrams total of sulfur and, um, in this wine even less. Uh. Right. Was yes, less. go ahead.
5: Is it
0: something
4: that they used to do, blending white and red? It used to be done not where I'm from, because they d- didn't have any white here. So we are basically this, uh, Venus, uh, Venus Mora is based on these Babbage grapes, and it was tr- we didn't have the terroir f- uh, name for it, we didn't have an appellation for it, but it was known, as in the history, to only plant Babbage in these rocky soils. So nobody, there's no other varietal that performs even close as good as to this. So Babich is a varietal that is also not a very good varietal. It's not high quality. It's not like a Cabernet that uh, it's, it it gives you a high yielding uh, 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 high yield. Uh, it, it really needs to be. Uh, pulled back a lot in order to uh, achieve quality and here in these soils it's an ideal combination I always say the old people the elders really knew best what they were doing and it's and anybody that made a a difference in the vineyards and with growing uh, the modern knowledge is the modern growers came and agriculturalists they ruined everything they've done and everybody was you have to listen to the old people so only those vineyards that are planted in those systems one meter point 20 centimeters exactly One from another is the only way how to work here. Everything else is stressing the vines and stressing the soil. And uh, this is truly that technique only here, what you see in this wine,
5: Chris, if you remember, uh, I just remembered something. You remember we read a book, that big encyclopedia of grapes by a French author. And I can't remember the name, but it was like all the grapes of the world. It's like really well written in French. And he said, well, Babbage... Very mediocre grape, very mediocre wines, which, I mean, you can taste what you have in the glass, but I guess that was a consequence of him actually tasting, uh, you know, modern Babbage grapes and how they how they are grown modernly, but like consulting by in, enologist right.
1: standards, right.
5: which is contrary to
4: but what… He's, he's
1: tasting a he's, different wine made exactly. differently. Exactly. He's, he's, he's tasting the wines differently, made differently. coming exactly. from a
4: fertile soil, nothing to do with this. Nobody… You know, here you would have to know somebody and you would have to go to someone's house to taste the real deal. You know, and uh, nobody has done this uh, right. on a scale like we did. And it was very difficult to find But something. credit to
1: you guys. That's what's happening there now. And I think exciting things ahead. We okay. have to wrap up because um, we're at the end. But I wanted to ask you a couple of quick questions. We talked about Dalmatia being a Mediterranean client climate, you talked about how the locals don't eat much fish or whatever, but let's talk about these wines, because hopefully from this people will go out and seek these wines. Let's just talk quickly about food pairings. Um, food pairing. It's a very general question, but, you know, we can relate to particular wines. Um,
4: uh, the, 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 the pairings are uh, people, eat, people eat like a People eat the, uh, I would say, grilled fish with this kind of uh, wines, the red wines, They don't have any whites. Uh, I would say some some of the uh, you know
1: grilled meats and stuff like that. Yeah, very simple. Uh, they
5: are very simple cuisine, you know. Marco, I'd say, I mean, um, talking from a perspective of working in Asia for uh, for like four to five years, good with um, Asian
1: food. Yeah. It
5: could like skin contact ha- here. You could right. go well with Asian food. You you can do that. Also with, you know, pork. You can do that. But about that, you can go with spicy food. I think that could actually work really well. Opal here too. So I think there's there's quite a diversity. I mean, in Croatia, things are quite straightforward. But as you expand to like cuisines of Asia and then Mexico, I think these wines actually pair really well with the with the freshness, uh, with the freshness they have. I think, and very good substance. I think they pair really well with the diversity of foods. To be honest, you know,
1: red wine. Yeah. Well, we want, we want people to drink these wines with food. So, lastly, how available are these wines? We're in New York, so yeah, I'm not the, worried about... out. just
4: arrived here. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're, in, they're in a lot of uh, stores. We have them in, uh, in I would say, major you know, retailers. Uh, single dinner wines are not yet for me. They okay. They didn't arrive yet. But if anybody wants to come to the table, you can taste them. And I think people will buy
1: them, so... The... These wines are imported by Zev Rovine. Yes, also. so Zev has a very good network of distribution yeah, in New yeah. York. So if we're talking New York, if you seek these wines out, what about if people want more information? Are there any websites or any particular place Our to go? Has it. okay. It. okay.
5: I think that there's also a good point in terms of sales globally. Um, if if you've, you've traveled a lot, and I don't think you've seen much of Croatian wines on the wine lists. And that's basically because they've been produced in a very commercial style. Um, but you'll see these wines on the list now as something which is more like food pairing oriented and just, just a pure expression of the crepe, not oak burden. So I think you're going to see quite a lot of Croatian wines um, from us and then from other of our colleagues around the world as you
1: travel. All right. So please seek these wines out. If your curiosity is not peaked now, then I don't know what it's going to take. Um <laughs> Sure. Yes, that's the barba, I was going to point that out. It's unlike any of the other wines. It's,
5: it's,
4: it's aromatics from the white. It really is a. It's I mean tropical. I call it Mediterranean. It's the herbs and, and the herbs that you find. It truly really is a postcard of the Mediterranean. I call it. You know, it's something that comes from maybe the white part of the grapes, especially with this Marastina varietal, which is a strain of Malvasia. And it's uh, I really seek for that. I really want that to, that top end to, to be there. This is a wine that is, it's very different than, from the others. It's made every year. I want it to be Barba every year. I and, and these wines are very, there are wines. They're always just the same thing. And, uh, but Barba is kind of like, uh, you know, uh, 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 this Mediterranean style of wine. And I, I, every year I kind of like tweak it to be, to be this, I really try to hit the percentages of white and red. Like I want to have this expression that is, uh, that is in this vintage, something that
1: uh, shows well. All right, we got to wrap up. I got to let you guys let you guys go. I want to thank Kresho Petrekovich and Mark Marko Povash for joining us on the speaker's corner at this year's Raw Wine 2022. Good to be back drinking with other people and in person. You can't beat that. Um, we thank you guys for sharing these wonderful wines. Thank it was you, certainly man. a treat. Thank you, Sam. I'm Sam Ben Ruby from The Grape Nation on Heritage Radio Network. Tune in and thank everybody for taking time to sit with us. The Grape Nation is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.